This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Accessing a Port by Pamela Docks. Introduction. Hi, I'm Pam Docks, and I'm a nurse on the oncology unit at Boston Children's Hospital. Today, I will be talking about portacasts, which are a type of central venous access device. I will review the equipment needed to access the port, give a demonstration on how to access the port, and review post-procedure care. A venous access device, or portacath, is designed to permit repeat access to the central venous system without the presence of an external catheter. The portacath is implanted subcutaneously, usually along the anterior chest wall, although other sites may be used. It is sutured to the muscle fascia. Catheter confirmation and use. The initial placement of the venous access device catheter tip is confirmed by radiographic exam. Catheter tip location is verified prior to use for patients with a previously placed venous access device. The patient's history and assessment should include current catheter function, a thorough assessment of catheter dysfunction, and if your medical record confirmation of the catheter tip placement is not available, a radiographic confirmation will be obtained prior to using the device. Equipment. In order to access a portacath, you will need the following things. A central venous catheter dressing tray, which includes sterile latex-free gloves, a mask, chlorhexidine sponge, a 4x4 gauze, an occlusive dressing, and tape. Other items you will need are a right-angle non-coring needle, topical anesthetic such as EMLA or Elamax, a needleless connector, and a 10cc sterile normal saline syringe. Procedure. Whenever possible, use topical anesthetic prior to access. Explain the procedure to the patient and or their parent to promote understanding and cooperation. Clean off the bedside surface you will be working on to prevent the spread of infection. You may want to ask your patient to lie down during the access as this makes it easier to stabilize the port. However, some patients may choose to sit up during the access. Open the central venous access dressing tray and don a mask. Perform hand hygiene, including a 30-second hand wash. Open your sterile field. Open your sterile non-coring needle set, 10 ml sterile normal saline syringe, and needleless connector onto the sterile field. Don sterile gloves. Attach the needleless connector to the needle set and prime with sterile normal saline. Close the clamp and return it to your sterile field. Be sure to check your institution's policy in regards to which antiseptic agent should be used to cleanse the skin prior to accessing the port. Cleanse the skin with chloroprep cleaning solution per your institution policy. Utilize a 30-second scrub in a back and forth and up and down motion, including the entire area where your dressing will adhere. Palpate the area of the implanted port with your non-dominant hand, locating the center of the port's septum. Rotate the site with each access. Do not use the same hole for each access as it will lead to skin breakdown. With your dominant hand, firmly push the needle perpendicularly through the skin into the device until the needle meets the bottom of the device. It is important that there be a small space between the needle and the skin line. If flush with the skin, the needle length is too short and there is an increased risk of infiltration. 
If necessary, support the space between the needle and the skin with a folded 2x2 two two gauze to prevent rocking of the needle, which can cause damage to the septum and irritate the skin. Gently flush with 3 to 10 ml of normal saline or aspirate for blood return to verify proper placement. Apply an occlusive dressing. If necessary, cover the wings of the extension set with a folded 2x2 two two gauze to prevent inadvertent removal of the needle when taking off the occlusive dressing. Of note, gauze placement is often used for short-term porticath access to stabilize the needle. If needed in place for a longer period of time for continued needle stabilization, please review your institution's infection control policy regarding how often to change the gauze as it can be a medium for bacterial growth. Apply tape around the tubing where it exits the dressing to ensure occlusiveness. Unclamp the extension tubing and gently flush with 3 to 10 ml of normal saline and connect to your administration set. Date and initial your dressing. If you are not connecting to an IV infusion, scrub the cap with alcohol for a minimum of 15 seconds and allow to completely dry. Flush with 5 mLs of heparin, 10 units per mL, and disconnect the syringe and clamp the set. Secure the porticath to the patient at a second site by taping to the skin or pinning to the clothing to prevent tension on the tubing and needle, which can cause an inadvertent dislodgement. Document the needle and dressing change in your patient's chart. Post-procedure catheter care. Some other important information about porticaths. Change the dressing when the non-coring needle is changed or if the dressing becomes loose or soiled. The dressing should remain occlusive at all times. Use only non-coring needle sets right angle. These are available in various lengths depending on the size of the patient. Change the non-coring needle a minimum of every seven days. The needle may need to be changed if you experience difficulty flushing or if you are unable to obtain blood return. This concludes our video on accessing a port. Thank you for watching. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org.